Greetings, aliens. It is me, your one and only host, Miss Ella Sanchez of the Nadie Pregunto podcast, because truly nobody asked for this podcast whatsoever, but I'm having a blast and I hope you are too. Now, friends, my fellow aliens, if you will. Excuse me. Um, it is 11 p.m. on a Friday, and I don't have any time to do any of recording on Saturday, so I'm going to try to make this as short as I can. Yes, it will feel rushed. Hate to break it to you. It'd be like that sometimes. Sometimes you just girl boss too hard. Um, but anyways, um, also just to preface, this episode is dance related, so if you don't really care about that, I'm, I'm just gonna tell you right now, you read the title and you're probably listening to this intro if you even give that much charity enough for me to, for, for you to listen to the intro. And yes, it is going to be dance related. I know that's not everybody's ting. I know that's not everybody's, um, it's not an everybody girl, if that makes sense, but this is my podcast, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. Um, and if you don't want to listen, that's on you, babe but some good info is going to be spilled today (laughs) you read the title i'm very excited to just you know tear these bitches apart (laughs) but um regardless if you're new here hi welcome welcome to the alien mothership um babe you need to like get on these other episodes i have four yeah four seasons of this insanity so you can there's bound to be something that you will like and two if you're returning, hi babe, how are you? I hope that you got that promotion. I hope that that interview went well. I hope that you hear back from your professor soon. I don't know. But grab a seat, folks. <laughs> grab a seat. Grab your tea, your coffee if you're on the ride. Just chill. I don't know. But regardless, enjoy the episode and if not that's on you babe i took some melatonin so i'm about to feel something real fast real soon so see you on the other side and we're back my fellow aliens so hi it's me again i know you're probably like girl what is this episode honestly i wish i could tell you (laughs) i'm kidding um but yeah today's episode i'm just gonna dive right into it one because it's really late and i have to be up at 4 a.m no five yeah four or five so i need to get this done babe and two you read this title man (laughs) and if you know you know um today's episode is a doozy lots of links lots of stuff not a lot of background or history research really but i will give links to that so you can do that if you will if you choose to i know y'all don't care i know that y'all are probably wanting me to scream into a microphone about how many and shit and that's still true but let me diversify for a minute let me rectify the situation let me multitask let me do things i'm a woman of many talents dance being one of them <laughs> anyways so For anyone that's new, I feel like no one really new comes into new episodes. I feel like y'all are pretty reoccurring, but if you are new, hi babe, I am a dancer, um, somewhat choreographer. I'm more into improv than choreo, but I have done choreo in the past. Um, But just a little spark note, a schmoop, if you will, of my dance background. But um, the inspiration for today's episode, I like to start my episodes with at least one inspiration of the week. And I've been wanting to watch this video on YouTube from this one YouTuber, uh, Mina Lee. And she's a great YouTuber. She does, like, point out very important trends. Like, she does pop culture, but mixing it with, like, current trends in the time that we're in right now. And just, like, historical backgrounds on certain things she's done. Um, 
the video I'm going to be talking about today and referencing and the inspiration for this actual episode is um, her episode on ballet core as an aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, you heard me right. Ballet core aesthetic. Like that's a thing. Apparently, if you're if you're a dancer listening to this, when I tell you I was so lost when this trend came out, let alone I didn't even know it was a trend. So there's that. <laughs> but if you're not a dancer, there's a trend literally going around for the YT. No. Well, white tea for sure, but the Pinterest girlies, the somewhat Twitter girlies, the Instagram reels girlies, like basically for the girls, like for them. And it's a doozy and I'm alarmed just a bit. We'll get into that in a minute though. But um, yeah, she's the inspiration for today's episode. She's done so many other great videos. I will link the episode to that, the episode that I'm referencing in the description you guys should check out her um what shima calls it her youtube channel really great stuff she's done fast fashion information she's done so many great things and she just has such a, like a nice fashion sense as well so i was like babe <laughs> i need to i need to know more and she also did go viral she was on my youtube recommended page for every time i opened youtube.com on my laptop whenever i was on youtube dazzling around you know lurking in the in the shadows every few weeks and she would always be there just on my recommend I was like girl what does this babe have to say what does this baddie have to say I need to hear her out because apparently YouTube keeps forcing her down my throat I'm not complaining though I'm very glad I found her channel I was subbed very quickly enough about my promotion for Mina Lee though y'all can follow her check her out all that information but just to cover super quickly, like the themes that she covered in that ballet core um, video, essentially the video is about a current aesthetic that's going around in the Gen Z world, in the Y2K girlies. Um, I consider myself more Y2K than Gen Z, even though I'm surrounded by Gen Z culture. Not really hating on Gen Z, like they are pretty funny, but I am very alarmed on some of the things they do, even though I am technically considered Gen Z. I was born in 99, so I really don't know where that puts me. A lot of people say I'm Gen Z. A lot of people say I'm nowhere, so I don't really know where I am. A lot of the time, <laughs> generation-wise and everywhere else-wise, mentally, physically, all that. But just like a very short snippet of the video, it's like a current aesthetic going around focused on ballet core. That's like literally the name of it, ballet core, one word. Um, regarding the ballet world and the ballet industry and a little odd admiration for the ballet community and industry and fashion more than anything. Which, by the way, I am going to be speaking on this topic as a current ballet dancer myself. Am I part of a company? No, I've heard too many horror stories about uh, companies and I am not a fan of them. <laughs> that's a different video that's or a different podcast that's a different conversation if you ever want to have that conversation with me um from dancer to dancer but not really hating they are they're just too many horror stories of more negatives than positives with companies um yeah and we'll get into one of those said companies in a minute today but regardless um the main focus is that video ballet core as an aesthetic just said admiration for the fashion behind ballet um, costuming, everyday ballet fashion, just like the simple like neutrals that are pink, black, and nudes, I guess you can say. Um, yeah, I feel like that's enough. You can look into it more. It's all over Pinterest. It's really, it's like taken over. 
Um, apparently it's on TikTok. I don't really know if it is. I haven't really seen any TikTok videos on ballet core, but then again, um, I'm not on TikTok. So yeah, there's that. And the melatonin is really hitting you guys. Bear with me, please. So the themes in Mina's video, aside from the little snippet I gave you, was the fashion ballet core, quote core, which is the neutrals, the pink, the black, neutrals all that jazz the nudes of ballet colors and ballet costuming um she goes more into detail about like the history behind ballet costuming which by the way is very interesting and seeing how designers in that time and above and beyond made it into more modern let alone still honoring the fabrics and the certain designs of certain um you know tutus and stuff like that in the fashion world which i had more admiration for i wish i had more time to research it but i probably will after this video on my own time but just if y'all want to check it out it's all in her video and she goes more into detail about the fashion behind it but also discussing more importantly and i think i i really can't talk about ballet without the biggest elephant in the room which is the racism and the colorism and the classism behind it now in my community college years yes i did take classes on ballet history that was a thing and that was also a requirement for me well dance history actually if that makes sense and do i remember anything no <laughs> but do i remember one name or two maybe perhaps perhaps i did but did i forget it and then remember it the second miss mina lee posted it in her video yeah but regardless, we're not going to be naming names aside from more important people that matter the most, which are modern dancers that experience it to this day, um, especially modern ballerinas. It's um, still a prevalent thing, by the way. <laughs> it's not something that has been ignored. It's been ignored for centuries, yet it's finally now, and I do mean now present day, coming more into light. And if we're going to talk about a specific um, reference, also Mina mentions this, um, this one ballerina, uh, Sierra, or no, Sierra Robinson. At the time she was interviewed, she was around 32, so she's probably like 34 for 35 now. Um, she's a black ballerina. I will link her um, interview and her article with um, Alex Marshall in the description. But basically, uh, Sierra Robinson or is yes robinson she is a ballerina or at least in the time she was interviewed she is and or was and she was discussing how it was hard to find brown point shoes and if you don't know point shoes it's like dancing on your tippy toes with a specific form and fabric and shoe basically you really are on your tippy toes and you have to have a very secure um point shoe that basically just wraps your feet and your toes it's all about the toes really if we're gonna be honest i love how i like bully men that are feet men and then when i see a ballerina like dancing i'm like oh to have feet like hers you know it's like it's really funny i like to do it and i think we should normalize bullying men more in the uh toe department i don't like I will bully you for admiring toenails, but I will not accept bullying from me that admires feet because I do. I am a dancer. I, I need to see good feet. The second I see beautiful legs, alignment, lines, babe, 
And they all connect in like a nice elongated string of what Shima calls it, um, shadowing and lines as a human being, especially to finish it off with a nice pointed, lovely toe. Yeah, exactly. Y'all don't know, but I know. <laughs> but regardless, long story short, with Sierra Robinson, she was asked by the company she joined in 2001. Or no, JK. She adapted into a very stressful time in her ballet career. And I'm going to read from the article written by Alex Marshall. So it's a very long piece, so bear with me. Like this particular snippet is very long, but very conversational. So stick there with me. So for nearly her whole career, Sarah Robinson has, uh, like many ballet dancers of color, performed a ritual, painting her shoe, her point shoes to match her skin. She did it first in 2001 when she was 15 at a summer program with dance theater in Harlem. The company said her her shoes needed to be brown, not the, the, the traditional pink, but she couldn't find any in stores, so she had to use spray paint. And then to quote Miss Sierra Robinson, it made them crunchy and just looked ill, she said in the telephone interview. When she joined Dance Theater a few years later, a few years later, huh, ignore my stuttering, you guys, it's the melatonin. She started using makeup instead. I'd go for I'd go to the cheapest stores and get foundation, she said. The kind you'd never put on your face as it'd break you out. Like $2.95 type of cheap. She'd go there. I know she'd go through five tubes a week, sponging it onto 12 to 15 pairs of shoes, a process known in ballet circles as pancaking. It took 45 minutes to an hour to do a pair, she said, because she wanted to make sure the foundation got into every crevice and covered every bit of ribbon. Now, for y'all that don't know about point shoes, it's literally insane how many of these ballet dancers go through them every fucking day, let alone a week. Um, I have actually only met one time I was watching this YouTube video of a ballerina and she was going into detail about like her point shoes. And I was like, girl, they better at least like, I know they're probably not paying you a lot when they should be. That's a whole different other conversation, by the way, in the dance world. Also why I did not want to join it full time. But, um, one of them out of the several ballerina videos I've seen of women and ballerinas in their companies have I yet to see one ballet company provide their point shoes? And this one video I saw was a woman saying, oh yeah, we get provided our point shoes so we can go through them as many times as we want. I'm like, that? All right, what company is this? Because I want to know every detail about that because hello. For y'all that don't know, ballet point shoes are very expensive and if you use them as much as a lot of people do like a lot of ballerinas they go through at least three pairs or no two pairs minimum in a day and especially if it's performance type of you know rehearsals and stuff like that so you have class rehearsals then you know you have classes classes rehearsals depending on the company depending on your department and all that especially your roles in said performances but you go through they go at least through three or more pairs in a single day so let me actually look up because i actually don't know how much they cost i just know that they're very pricey but i know they're like in the like 60s range so 
point shoes for sale how much do they cost love let's find out let's find out let's find out oh yeah like the good ones like the ones you want to rely on are about a hundred bucks so that's about you're going through at least three or more pairs a day that's about 300 and above dollars already down the drain so point shoes are no joke point shoes are nothing to fuck around with and you do have to buy quality ones because one slip and fall and your career's over babe so there's that so with sierra robinson she was talking about the struggles of having to dye her shoes brown because there was no one selling brown point shoes now you can also look up a picture of point shoes but you have because like usually when a dancer is wearing them especially a white dancer it's like a pink it's like a very very baby pink it's like very very glossy most of the time and you can just like see the gloss radiation like when you're like if you're watching a performance and you're really close if the like lighting hits it as they should be you know spotlight it like bounces back a bit so you can like see the glimmerness of it plus the ballerina it's like a very pretty shot when done correctly with lighting um especially on a stage but it's really beautiful it's just like it's not as inclusive as it should be and it shouldn't have taken this long for the ballet community to realize that i feel like that's pretty much common sense i feel like if you're gonna ask a black ballerina to have brown point shoes when one no one else does like no one else does and you know for a damn fact during that time because she stated how she was going through this in 2001 which was she was 15 quote in her statement um if it took this long and in this video this was a video no an interview done in 2018 so for it to take until 2018 from the very early centuries of 19 no actually it dates back a little bit earlier I want to say ballet as a concept before it was even titled ballet was like 18 late 1800s so you mean to tell me from the evolution of ballet from like very early 1800s I would consider more 1900s but from that time era to 2018 with this interview by Sierra Robinson who is still in 2018 dyeing her shoes by hand on her own and we still haven't advanced that much yo think about it i know a lot of people say that the band-aids like for example if we're gonna use the band-aids example like having colored band-aids is very important i'm like you know what i'm not gonna disagree with you i'm not but at the same time it's like what like what are you gonna request especially if you're a company why are you requesting such a big thing when you know for a fact that brown point shoes in that time period did not exist, let alone were heard of. So you're asking this ballerina to go above and beyond for something that should already be available on hand, like online, on hand, in her local ballet store, in her local dance store. I just think that there's so much surrounding it. It's not just about the point shoes. It's not just about the color of the point shoes that's also that's one problem with like the racism the classism the all isms of ballet it's just seeing 
only predominantly white people dancing in ballet. And which, by the way, the few that I have seen that are uh, black ballerinas, um, other for other um, Asian ballerinas and all that, just all that, all those humans, all those humans. I don't see them often. And the times I do, I know they have to fight like hell. I know it. I don't need them to tell me that. I just know. And so it brings me to just my aggravation. <laughs> aggravation for the behind the scenes of ballet. I love it. I love it near and dear to me. I am currently, I'm literally going to be waking up at 4 a.m. tomorrow for ballet class. You can tell I care. So, um, and I know a lot of ballet dancers and teachers and masters are aware of this, but I just feel like it's so ingrained and admired a little too extremely for me. And this is where I bring in ballet core, just a bit like the aesthetic. So the aesthetic goes that the Miss Miss White Girl over here, she is getting ready for her day. She is a ballerina. She is getting ready to take on the day. She has her tote bag. She has her wired headphones. Apparently, wired headphones are a thing in this aesthetic. I wish I could answer why. That was a yawn. But Miss Mina Lee goes into, like, the whole, like, headphones being, like, wired headphones being considered an aesthetic. I don't know. But according to her, that's one thing. And there's just so many other things. I had to look this up before I even started recording because I just did not understand ballet core. I still don't, really, if I'm being honest with you guys. But to me, it's a little weird. Or a lot weird, honestly. But I can't lie, y'all. I can't lie. I don't really like the aesthetic. And I know that's a lot coming from someone that actually does practice ballet. And I know if you're a dancer listening to this, you know I don't care. <laughs> and you know as like you've gotten older, depending on your dance background, I know for a damn fact if you've done ballet, babe... I know for a damn fact you're tired of wearing those fucking tights because I gave up tights a long time ago, alright? I think tights are very cute. I like how my body looks in tights. But your girl's gained a little weight. It's not a big deal. And I don't really like how my stomach kind of shows when I'm wearing my leotard with my tights. I don't really like it. I'm not a fan. I don't like it and, I, and then I hyper-focus on it in class when that's really not the point. The point is for me to be in class and like actually do the work and actually pay attention and actually fix my form, my body, and try to understand it more. That's the whole point of it. To better myself as a human and as a dancer in my in my own dance journey, if that makes sense. And if I'm going to be hyper-focusing on how my body looks in the mirror, aside from making corrections and looking at the physicalness of it, not the body corrections, they're very different things then I don't think I want to wear tights. Uh, I'm sorry. I know that's very against, that's literally going against the for, the, the, the uniform of ballet. The uniform is literally tights and a leotard. Doesn't matter what kind of leotard, doesn't matter what color the tights are. So as, as long as it's like not neon green, then like you're fine. 
if it's either pink black or like a nice neutral nude then yeah it works but if it isn't one of those colors then like yeah that's like out of out of range and that's like not okay apparently according to the big ballet masters of the world and i have not seen anyone other do other colors than that in the ballet world it just you don't wear any other color tights let alone any other color aside from pink and black maybe maybe a white like maybe but we're not here to talk about super nitty-gritty details but this is where ballet core comes in where i'm very confused and very 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 concerned for the ballet core girlies of the world very concerned because all i see in these women that or these little girls if you will that are posting about ballet core as an aesthetic it's not one woman of color in sight not a one and they all post pictures of themselves getting ready for the day, getting ready for ballet class. And like I said, not a lot of them are, you know, como se dice, like a moment of color. <laughs> not a one. And it's alarming. And it's just so... I know it's not abnormal for white ballerinas. But for me... As someone that is Latina, someone that's Peruvian American, it's very weird. And I do notice it every time I'm in class. It's very weird. And it's something that I have noticed throughout the years and have grown to see the flaws with it. Of like the, how even in like modern day, it's like every ballet class you enter, predominantly everyone is white. White men, white women, all that. And it's a problem. A major problem. If we can't even advance from the 1800s and 1900s of when ballet was a concept up until the very present day of the early 2000, or no, the late 2010s, and there were still no advancements in the point shoe color palette after having a company tell said dancer, said black dancer, said whatever dancer of whatever color they may be, that they need to have a certain ballet point shoe to match their skin tone when you know for a fact that it doesn't exist until maybe present day. That's a lot to ask and a little to nothing to provide a solution for. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem logical. It doesn't seem inclusive, obviously. It's alarming. It's very weird. And it's just something that... Because I feel like if we're going to compare it to the, the furtherness, I feel like... Okay. I want to word this correctly. We have quote abolished abolished slavery of course but it does come up in different forms it still exists present day in just different forms that's the same way 
when you're asking a black ballerina to be like, okay, I am your company and I need you to have brown point shoes. Babe. (laughs) With no solution either. You're just saying, I need this, this, and that by this. Like, I just, I can't, man. I can't. I, I don't understand. Like, it just doesn't add up. Like, there's just, I just can't believe to this day there have been no advancements until, like, present day. Like, as I'm making this fucking, like, episode. It exists now, but it didn't exist maybe, I want to say, in 2018. Yeah, according to this article. Dude, (laughs) we've made advancements in everything else. That's what I'm trying to compare. Like, we've made advancements in quite literally every other thing in this world. Not just technological advancements, not just every other advancement. But in the dance industry, why are we so far behind? That's what I want to know. Why are... Now, why is the dance industry so far behind... Especially we're talking about ballet. Why is the dance industry, hence and very huge emphasis on the ballet industry and world? Have every, have not advanced as much as they should have. Really, we are not in the 1920s in Europe. (laughs) We are not going to the theater for ballet. All right. I mean, you do go to the theater for these days now. And you do need to look a certain way. But that wasn't something that that's not something people do anymore. Going to the ballet back in those times was like elite shit. That was like you had money and you had class. And if you were a ballerina at that time, babe, you were associated with wealth with power with dominance even though the old rich white men in that time that were trying to get with the ballerinas at that time were also actually to quote Mina Lee to quote her video and reference it old rich white men at that time that were patrons and very big, quote, fans of the ballet theater, they would pay a lot of money to go backstage to be with the dancers or whatever, the ballerinas, before their shows or during their rehearsals or whatever. And, you know, y'all know exactly where I'm going with this. They would want some... And they would pay a lot of money for that. And it's not a matter of you fucked your way to the top to quote Lana Del Rey. It was not how many men you slept with. It was not about that, really. Or in some cases, it was. But no matter what you did, also present day, as to why women still can't win, even if they did or did not have relations with said old white men patrons to get power and a certain role in the theater, ballerinas were still seen as sex workers. I'm not kidding. You can look at the video with Mina Lee. She did all that research for you. So I didn't have to. (laughs) But my point still stands. There's too many isms in ballet. There's too many... It's just colorism, racism, 
um, lots of isms, <laughs> and it's a problem. And which leads me to my next point that was discussed in Mina's video. Body image problems, which I have a lot to say about this one because I'm also, it's like really late. I should probably go to bed. But I know that people really reference ballet and associate it with eating disorders and lots of heavy stuff and lots of darker stuff behind the scenes. And if we're going to take me before I get into the example I brought to the table today, me, I am what you call not skinny, not like skinny skinny, but not plus size either. I'm definitely in the mid-size range. I'm like a 10, 12, if we're going really specific in US. You can buy me clothing in that size, by the way. But my point is that I do not fall anywhere near, nor have I ever in my entire 23 years on this planet. And if we're going to start from puberty, from the age of 11 to present day, I have never been in my fucking life a size 6, a size 4, a size 2 even, bro. I have never been any of those sizes in my damn life. You want to know why? Because I got these fucking thighs, man. I got hips and I'm proud of that shit. And I will love dance and I will dance until the end of my life. I would not mind to have my last moments of life and breath and energy and blood cells and blood pumping through my heart. And I would do it all for dance. That would be the best thing and best way to go out in the world. But what I'm not going to give up either is, and also tolerate, by the way, a lot of dancers and a lot of companies, especially in the ballet world, tolerate a lot of shit from directors and anyone. All right? It is unbearable having to hear the stories of how heartbreaking it is for a dancer to go so far push their limit literally overexert themselves possibly injuring and or already injured or injured themselves just for approval just for that role just for that seat just for that respect because i just can't fathom going into an audition for a company seeing them in my tights by the way because you gotta look a certain way I'd have to wear the leotard, the tights, the shoes, and have my hair in a bun, all right? And there's nothing wrong with that uniform, okay? Nothing wrong with it. I do admire it. It's probably the only feminine thing about me and the only feminine thing I do for myself. But I can't fathom going into a dance company audition with my hair in the bun, a leotard, tights, shoes my ballet shoes and then have them see my body in the tights which can obviously show that's why you wear tights in ballet so you can accentuate your own body 
and how it looks. And there's no better way to see how your body really looks through tights. That's not not leggings, but like actual tights. And like I say, I can't even fathom, begin to imagine being in a dance company audition, my body fully showing through my leotard and my tights. And to be proud of how I look for once in my life, if I'm going to be hating on myself, the thing I will never hate about myself are these hips and thighs, man. All right? Like Ms. Doe just said, thick in the thigh, thick in the waist, thick in all the motherfucking right places. And we're going to quote Ms. Doja. But I do not want to have to hear a director look at me and be like, no, you need to be a size blank. The way I wouldn't even tolerate that fucking disrespect, man. I need these dancers to stand the fuck up, man. I just need these dancers to stand the fuck up for themselves. Y'all tolerate way too much for me. If someone, if a director told me that, I'm like, I don't give a flying fuck if you did Nutcracker thousands of times. Literally go fuck yourself. I know that there's a certain body requirement. I know. All right, you act like I don't know that. You act like I walked into this audition as if I just planned to have that part of my day as for fun. No, bitch. No. I know the requirements. But bitch, if I can carry my own weight physically, like to quote Miss Toph Beifong from Avatar, Miss Girl carried her own weight in her own words, okay? She carried her own weight, literally. She carried all her shit herself. And if you have the capability and the stamina to physically carry your own body weight, and you have a lot of control in your body, you know it that well, that you can control it the way you need to for performances, for rehearsals, for practice, whatever the case may be. Why are you all up in my business about how I look? Because it's not about looks anymore, obviously. Do you know how many dancers look a certain way, but they don't have that stamina? They don't have the performance body quote if you want to be honest they don't have the you know proper muscles developed yet and how do they leave so fast they get injured babe they get injured and i don't want that for any dancer in the world that's like the last thing i would want for anyone let alone any dancer in the world especially professionally but this isn't about you know the body like the body requirement for ballet oh no this is about aesthetic, clearly. And a lot of a lot of directors care more about the aesthetic of the said show than the actual art behind it. And look, ballet is all about lines. I understand what you mean, man. I respect it, and I know that I've seen a fair share of ballet performances, and I know when it's done well. The lines are long, the body is accentuated, the smile, the costuming, all of it comes so nicely together, all in one moment. And I know, I'm like, hmm, she's really good at this. She really rehearsed, I can see that, and I can tell. And I know that the casting director for this did a phenomenal job. But at what point is it an aesthetic And at what point is it about power? And at what point is it about actual art creation? And I'm going to bring in my next um, 
my actual example for today. For those that don't know, Miss Catherine Morgan, she is a former soloist with the New York City Ballet and recently former soloist, soloist with Miami City Ballet. Now, I personally just watch her, watch her um, ballet videos, her bar videos, her center videos. She's a really great ballerina in the sense that she really kept me going for the pandemic. I wasn't doing ballet right after um, the pandemic hit, but I did continue my contemporary dance background. Just kept doing it, still do. But I decided one day, I was like, you know what? I really need to get back into ballet. I miss it. Like, I need to get my body right. Just like a random day I woke up during the pandemic. I think it was like maybe late 2000 no I think it was 2021 for sure around that time late 2021 maybe or maybe earlier that oh no it was 2021 what am I saying I'm totally lying <laughs> it was 2021 at some point I woke up one day in 2021 and was like you know what I miss ballet I'm gonna do some at home right now I have my ballet shoes I might as well just do it right and shout out to Catherine Morgan for her lovely beginner and intermediate and advanced bars on YouTube She's amazing. She's phenomenal. She really kept me in shape. And really made me realize that I needed to keep doing this and keep building my shape up. So I went from like beginner to like intermediate. We're getting to advanced. We're getting there, guys. We're getting there. Um, of her ballet bar and she was the first video that popped up I was like okay intermediate or beginner bar uh ballet and she was the first woman that came up so shout out to Catherine Morgan I adore you I know you're never gonna listen to this but I love you and thank you for all that you do on YouTube bless your heart I would love to take one of your classes one day but um I like I said, I only watch her for her ballet videos, her ballet-related videos, her ballet-related workouts, her bars, all that. And I didn't really know too much about her, like, as a ballerina on the side. Like, I just followed her um, videos and just kind of, like, she's more of, like, a YouTuber I, like, used to watch for workouts, you know? You know how you have, like, YouTubers you watch because you like them and, like, you want to know more about their lives and stuff like that. And then versus, like, the YouTubers that you just like their content and you don't know too much about them behind the scenes. So I got curious one day. And then I opened my YouTube channel and a video popped up. And it was her video. And it wasn't a dance-related video like her, like, doing choreography or anything or a class. It was her actually just sitting down speaking. I was like, oh, okay. Because I knew that she recently mentioned that she was in Miami City Ballet. So I was like, oh, interesting. I mean, I plan to move to Miami. So I definitely want to know more about the ballet culture there. So I watched the video. And it's like this video is titled like, why I left Miami City Ballet. And I was like, oh, well, this is new. Interesting. So I just wanted to know more. I was like, oh, I need to know. So I watched the video. And when I tell you, it was one of the most heart-wrenching stories I've heard. <laughs> Long story short, the video is of her explaining, because, like, a lot of her fans were asking her, like, yo, like, Catherine, like, we noticed you're not on the Miami City Ballet, um, like, portfolio anymore. You're not on their website. They don't have your name anywhere. Like, and the way I'm exposing Miami City Ballet, according to Miss Catherine Morgan, I don't know anything about them until Catherine Morgan and her story with them. 
Long story short, they used her for her name. They told her that she was not in shape when she clearly was. They told her to go down to the smallest size she can, even though she was, I believe, a size two or two or four, tops four, no more than that, in the video she was talking about. And a little cherry on top, the little cherry on top, is that she withheld and took that all with grace. And she tolerated all of that for a possibility of being in a couple performances. It really broke my heart, you guys. It really did. I'm not going to sit here and say it didn't hurt watching that. That's also one reason I didn't want to take this professionally because I just can't even fathom being told to your face that you're not good enough for a role, let alone to perform at all. And all the one and then all the stuff that you know you're capable of body-wise. But apparently no one else sees that in you. No one else seems to believe in you like that. And you get denied that opportunity solely because of how you look and being told you need to size down when you're already sized down in the ballet industry. If we're going to be honest, her ballet body is one of the most qualified bodies she can bring to the table. All right, she's beautiful. She has long lines. She has the perfect posture. She has the ballet body. I have seen two, I have seen bodies next to each other, all right? Not in like the murderous way. I've seen what ballet bodies and dancer bodies look like compared to literally every type of other person. You can tell. You can tell when someone's a ballerina. I can see it from a mile away. I can see if they just talk to me sideways. I can see if they talk back, like, with their back turned to me. I can tell. It's pretty obvious to me. I can tell you. Ha they, like, stand so nicely. They stand so tall. They stand so long. They are always, like, super conversational. They're always direct. Like, ballerinas, they have to be very particular about their eyesight. So they're always looking at you directly. They're always making sure that they spot things, you know? They're always on top of all that. And I can tell that she has a ballet body. I can tell. I've never met the woman in person and I can tell, okay? From the video she has done, ball like, bar-wise, okay? She has the body. And Miami City Ballet, they really had the nerve to be like, sorry, babe. <laughs> no, you don't. And that's where my question comes back up. It's like, is this about aesthetic or is this about power? And when is it going to be about art? When are these ballet companies and when are these ballet directors going to realize that this is not solely based off aesthetic it is about beauty it is about art making it is about telling a story that is the whole point of what dance is doesn't matter what genre of dance that's what dance was literally invented for expression freedom to express oneself that is the entire point so at what point is this going to be about art at what point is this going to be all about power and dominance and asserting yourself as a director 
please, like, please, I want someone to answer that question. I want an actual director to come and answer this damn question for me. When are you as a director in ballet, let alone in dance as a whole, going to realize that this is so much more than just an aesthetic? So much more than just an aesthetic really that's all I can really say like that's all I can really say when is it going to be more than just that you can't survive on aesthetic alone babe you just can't and I'd also when I was listening and remembering Catherine Morgan's story with Miami City Ballet it made me consider ballet core on Twitter the body image aspect of it now I ran into ballet core Twitter before I even knew about the aesthetic. I'm talking like last year I found out about it. But it was before I knew, like, quote, like I said, like before I knew it was, quote, ballet core aesthetic. And I don't know how I found it. I don't know how I ran into it. But when I ran into it, I just kept kind of going through like the following of these people that were, you know, following each other, you know, ballet core, aesthetic life, if you know, besties, if you will. And when I say that it's becoming an issue, like amongst the ballet core community as an aesthetic, I'm worried for the people that admire it for the wrong reasons. Because these ballet core aesthetic fans on Twitter were openly fatphobic and proud of that too I'm not gonna lie like they were proud of that like they didn't like they were like oh here come the fat bitches it's like oh my god man I understand that ballet is considered to be quote a skinny more feminine type of sport but are we really going to sit through this again? Are we really going to bring back old ways of ballet? Now, like I said, is it wrong to need a specific type of body for something in dance? No, it's not wrong. It's not something that you should be ashamed about either. It's not something that you should feel like, oh, like I have to make sure everyone is included. But it's like, I agree that everyone needs to be included. But at the same time, it's also the more important question is, do you have the damn stamina for it? Because I've seen women that who are a little thicker on the side and that's okay. Live your truth, girl. I support it. But there are women that are a little more thicker and they have better stamina than women that are, quote, the body type for dancers and in ballet. It's true. I'm sorry, babe. Put your ego aside and realize that you got work to do. And that's not a bad thing either. There's nothing wrong with building the stamina up to even your best that you can be. That's exciting. But when it gets to a point where just because you don't look a certain way and have a certain body type that allows directors and everyone else involved in creating, quote, artwork and only caring about, quote, the aesthetic and lines of performance, you got to be rude about it. No. That is something I would never tolerate to my face, let alone. I'd like, you will hear me. I'd start a riot for real. But it made me realize, like, it made me remember about the ballet core Twitter. 
because these women were posting ballet, core, ballet, everything left and right. And also to bring back my first point, not one black woman in sight. Not a one. Dude, I just don't know why we're still living as if ballet came out or ballet dropped like centuries ago. I really don't know. And it shouldn't be a big responsibility for someone to bring that inclusivity to the room either. It shouldn't be that way. That's a lot of that's a lot of pressure for someone. Especially in the dance world as well. Dance world as well. And this is where I talk about my final point from the Mina Lee's video. The topic of enjoying an aesthetic versus appreciation for dance. And I'm going to bring up the question again. Maybe one day a director, a dance director will answer me this. When is it an aesthetic? When is it for art? When? And how do you plan to put those two together? Because those can coexist if you do them correctly. You can. Stop hiring dancers that don't have the stamina. Basically, don't hire people like me. Don't hire people like me that are still struggling, that are still trying. And hey, you know what? If you decide to take a chance on them, go ahead. I don't say you, I don't say you shouldn't. But if we're going to talk about aesthetic, then obviously they're going to go for the more skinny woman that clearly has the body type for ballet. That's exactly what they're going to do. That's going to be the cliche for a lifetime. I feel like another lifetime. I feel like by the time I'm 80, maybe there'll be more body-inclusive bodies in ballet. But hey, you know what? Maybe one day, and maybe that day will not be when I'm alive. (laughs) I would love to see it, though. That would be a really great thing to see. But now that I'm here, My essential and final question to the casting directors of the world, to the directors of a whole in the ballet world, when is it an aesthetic and when do you plan to do it for art? And how is your casting process really? I'm asking. I'm no longer just rhetorically asking. I want to know answers, but I need to be a casting director first. Oh, you guys, melatonin, man, melatonin. But anyways, to finally wrap this up, my experience as a ballet dancer presently and seeing this video and my thoughts on it, shout out Mina Lee, I adore you, I love your channel, and thank you for this video because I literally had no idea that like this was a thing, yet I did, and I've seen it around as a quote aesthetic. But I never had someone do a deep dive on it. So shout out to Mina Lee. All her info and her video will be linked in the description. So go check it out. She does more like historical background on ballet and the costuming and all that. And my experience in ballet, just ballet as a whole, is that it's hard as fuck. So hard. Yo. That, man, that is work. And I'm going to be up in a couple hours doing it. It is so much dedication, so much patience with yourself. And that sometimes it runs out. And that's why some people give up. And that's okay. I'm not saying that it's for everyone. It's definitely not. But 
sticking to it really has made me more determined to fix the things that I know are wrong in my form and are wrong to keep doing. I can't keep doing ballet incorrectly or else I'll get accustomed to it, muscle memorize it, and I'll never get out of it. And so it's hard fucking work. It is. And like I say a million times, I could have made this for my profession. I really could have. But I know for a fact if I were to make ballet my full-time everything, I wouldn't have made it to a first round of auditions for companies. I don't know why. Because one, I don't have the stamina yet. And even if I did during that time, my body is going to stay the same the rest of my life. I got these hips, man. I got these thighs. I got these legs that chafe, okay? I'm not gonna sacrifice the one thing I like about myself, which is my lower body, basically. I am not gonna sacrifice that just because a casting and just overall director of a ballet tells me to. I don't tolerate that type of shit. I never have. And I never will stand there and be like, you know what, you're right. <laughs> go to hell. Girl, really, go to hell. Who are you to tell someone, especially ballerina, that they already most likely suffer from body dysmorphia and or body image? And for you to have the nerve to be like, ballet looks a certain way, you don't fit it. And by the way, mind you, Miss Catherine Morgan, to go to our pre- go back to our previous example, she was already a size 2. And she also mentioned, she doesn't go into details, but she's mentioned her autoimmune disease that makes her physically impossible to lose any more weight than she's already at. So briefly, she was stating how when the casting director and Miami City Ballet said, you need to lose more weight, you don't look the way we want. She told them, okay, give me, give me time. I'll keep dancing, obviously, but just give me some time to get there. And she even admits to herself that in her mind, she was like, this is literally impossible due to my autoimmune disease but I'm gonna try anyway it was physically impossible for her to lose a certain amount of weight because of a disease that she suffers for that uh, deals with and she willingly said yes yo if that was me she's a better woman than me I would have been like you know what suck my dick You know I can't lose more weight. You know about my autoimmune disease. And you know I'm still able to dance like no problem. And she admits, hey, just because I have this doesn't mean I can't dance. And she tells them straight away, she's blunt and she is honest from the front, from the get-go with Miami City Ballet at that time. And I will say, if we're going to talk about classism and sexism and all that, or yeah, all the isms essentially, colorism. I am the only woman of even color in my own ballet class every day or every Tuesday, Thursdays and yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays. The only one. No one else. And it's like an open class, basically. If you just got the money to pay for it, then boom, you're good. And have I seen other ballerinas of color, let alone black women? Yeah, I have, of course. But is it a rare occasion? Also, yes. In my total time that I've started back into dance in a studio, 
I have only seen maybe, I want to say a total of four black ballerinas. Lots of Asian ballerinas, though, I will say. But black ballerinas, not enough. There just aren't enough, and there needs to be. I'm not saying that they need to because I can tell that there's a lot of racism behind that history. And I don't blame anyone that's, um, I don't blame any black ballerina that doesn't want to be a ballerina. I get it. I would be pretty pissed too. I would be. But I just love seeing black ballerinas, man. They just, I don't know what it is. It just looks so much better to see something new when it shouldn't be new, you know? It just, oh my god, it frustrates me. It really does. It's like, you guys deserve to be seen. You guys deserve to be heard. You guys deserve to be admired for the talent that you possess and that you deserve to share on that stage. And you shouldn't make it harder on yourself as well. Can you imagine if we go back to Sierra Robinson? Can you imagine how hard it is for her during that time that she was stating how she was painting and dyeing her shoes? To be on the stage for Nutcracker, Swan Lake, whatever the piece is, and have to go after you finish your, like, your own set and your own like solo performance scene etc of said ballet event and have to spray paint it again spray paint it all she can be the most beautiful and amazing dancer and i will notice it but why does she have to do so much extra fucking work why does she have to do all the heavy lifting what are you as a ballet industry ballet company ballet everything involved going to pick up the fucking pace we are not in taglioni times we are not in that era it's over it's been over it's expired do something about it and so my friends that is my final point i am exhausted i love you all i hope you enjoyed today's episode i really hope that you didn't yawn listening to me because I sure as hell yawned listening to myself. But regardless, my friends, I am off. I love you all, I fellow aliens, and I hope that you have a safe and fun weekend, especially enjoying your 4th of July, but not celebrating. You can use it as an excuse to drink, but not drinking to the U.S. You are drinking to celebrate yourself. Not the U.S., just yourself. Get your drink on, but not for the 4th of July. Just saying, I'm just saying, just so you know. But regardless, my friends, I am off. I love you all. Please be safe, and I hope you enjoy today's episode.